0: Welcome back to sports call on Tiger95.9, the Tiger.fm and the Tiger Communications app, Ryan Lavoy, Brant Dotry, and Brooks Childress. And now we're pleased to go to the Auburn Bank phone line today and we welcome on Phil Steele today of Phil Steele Publications, the magazine to get in college football. Phil, the time is greatly appreciated today. How are you this afternoon?
1: You know, I am doing great. It's uh summertime so I'm down to working fifty or sixty hours a week, just doing a bunch of radio shows. So I'm I'm having fun. It sure beats a magazine deadline, There's seven months of hard work.
0: Absolutely. And Phil, we have a couple questions for you with the magazine to start off with, and then we'll get into uh, what the SEC and what Auburn's looking like here in 2023. Uh, we, we talk about on this show all the time with, with Auburn and all these teams about the transfer portal. How difficult for is it for you and your staff now with all these roster turnovers, even up until I imagine publishing day? I mean, how do you keep up with all this and try to get the rosters as airtight as you can?
1: Yeah, it makes it a lot more difficult, I'll tell you that much. You know, uh, Let's go back about 10 years ago. I was able to send the magazine to the press uh, in May, and it would be out on the newsstands probably at the start of June, uh, which was always a good thing. But now the transfer portal closed on May 15th. Uh, And you can't go to the press once the transfer portal closes because you have all those players now that are up in the air. Where are they going? So I made it three weeks later. We didn't go to the press until June 7th. And I talked to 123 of the 133 head coaches. uh, Usually spent about an hour with each. They all have my cell phone number. And I said, look, if you sign anybody in the transfer portal, we go to the press June 7th. You can text me up to June 6th, and we'll be able to get them on the page. So I was getting texts on June 6th. We're rewriting position write-ups and dropping them in projected starting lineups. Made it pretty frantic the last couple of days. But I do think we captured about 95 to 96 percent of the transfer portal moves that happened, uh, and it makes the magazine uh, pretty much up to date.
0: With uh, Phil, with you doing this for for such a long period of time and now the reputation, I know we had it uh, with us, had a couple copies with us at SEC Media Days last week. What are you most proud of with the magazine?
1: that, all the media members use the magazine, I think is uh, one of the main things that makes it me very proud. And the other one is uh, that 123 of the head coaches will, will talk to me and, and give me about an hour of their time uh, going over the team with them. So those are probably the two biggest things that have uh, uh, really made it uh, well worthwhile. And, and it has me looking in the future saying, you know, I could do this for another 15, 20 years.
0: We love to hear that. And, Phil, when we transition now into Auburn here for 2023, obviously a transition period for the program in itself with Hugh Freeze coming on, uh, former Ole Miss coach returning to the SEC after some time in Liberty, very active in that transfer portal this offseason. How has what he's done in the portal kind of reshaped your expectations for year one here in 2023 for Auburn?
1: Yeah, I think he's done a great job in the portal. And, uh, you know, not just bringing players in, but probably bringing in the right players at a lot of the positions. And, you know, one of the biggest factors, I think, with Auburn football, if I go back to last year uh, when um, Harson was there and they lost to Penn State and then two weeks later blew the 17-0 lead against LSU, You knew at that point Harson was gone, and and yet they didn't cut him loose right at that point. And so I I think the Auburn players probably were going to practice going, how long are we going to be listening to this guy? Because I think everybody in the country knew that he was not going to be there at the end of the year, and that's why the losing streak happened. Then we saw Cadillac-Williams take over at the end of the year. They won two of the last three games. Uh, I thought they played well even early against Alabama. Now this year... One of the big questions I had for Coach Freeze is, what's the buy-in program of the of the team? And he feels that the players are fully bought in this year. So I think that's, first of all, a large advantage. Then when we take a look at some of the players he's brought in, you know, Peyton Thorne will contend for the quarterback job. Brian Batia is a guy that I really like from South Florida, a dangerous return man, also rushed for 1,000 yards. I actually like the way he ran between the tackles. despite might be in uh, 5'7", 165. I think he's going to be a nice plus. Caleb Burton coming over from Ohio State was one of the top wide receivers out of high school, my number six-rated wide receiver. Uh, He's added to it. Uh, Jair Shorter comes in from North Texas. After having 600 yards receiving, they bring in a top-notch tight end in Rivaldo Fayweather from FIU. Uh, You look at the offensive line, I project three transfers as starters up there. And, you know, with uh, Philip Montgomery as the offensive coordinator, he brought in some Tulsa offensive linemen with him. I like that. They know the the offensive schemes and, and know it well. Uh, no. tackle, Justin Rogers coming in from Kentucky, I think is a nice big plus. Elijah McAllister uh, from Vanderbilt at the defensive end spot. And even an Austin Keys coming in from Ole Miss, been a linebacker. These are all big-time uh, transfers that I think will have an impact in their first year.
2: Phil, you touched on one of these transfers here a second ago. Uh, Peyton Thorne coming in from Michigan State. In your magazine, however, you have Robbie Ashford uh, holding on to that starting role. What led to that decision, and what do you think of Auburn's quarterback battle as a
1: whole? I think it will be a battle, clearly. Uh, I like the fact that Ashford's been in the system longer. He's a mobile quarterback. I think the mobile quarterback fits. The uh, Freeze offense better, but you know it was one of those fifty-fifty things at press time, guys. Where we're like, uh, and and plus, you know, Peyton Thorn was coming off a year where he wasn't all that impressive uh, for Michigan State uh, last year. Of course, didn't have a tremendous supporting cast. Uh, I think it's going to be a battle right down to the to the end. It wouldn't surprise me if Thorne won it, but uh, you know, you have to pick one of the two, and I went with Ashford.
2: Phil, you've been doing this magazine for several, several years now, and you've gotten a chance to talk to Hugh Freeze at several different stops. And when you had your conversation with him this year uh, ahead of uh, publishing the magazine for his first year at Auburn, what were your takeaways from him as compared to when you've talked to him at other stops?
1: Well, you know let's go back to his liberty days uh I gotta tell you he impressed me at Liberty very much. uh, you wondered what kind of situation it was in, you know being away from football for a year or two as the head man, uh but it stepped in and got him eight and five, then ten and one his second year and uh, eight and five and last year they probably would have had a better year had the rumors of Hugh Freeze leaving not happened. I think, think that uh, affected uh, Liberty down the stretch and they lost some of those games that they probably would have won had uh, those rumors not been going on I've always been impressed with the job that he's done on the field and uh, bringing in players uh, you know I would not have imagined Liberty getting to the level they did under Hugh Freeze and I think uh, you go back to his uh, old Miss days when talked to him there uh, you know I thought he did a great job there so this uh, uh, top-notch head coach coming in gets the most out of the talent on hand, and uh, I think he's going to do uh, a heck of a job this year.
2: And then you look around at the staff he's assembled around him. What are your thoughts about especially bringing in a guy like Philip Montgomery, who was the head coach at uh, in the, in the FBS level last year?
1: yeah and Phil Montgomery's the guy I talked to each of the years that he was at Tulsa, and he was there for like seven or eight years so I this guy knows offense. go back to his Baylor days. remember at Baylor in two thousand and fourteen the type of explosive offense he had, and with the players he's got a running back and receiver to work with. I think that Phil Montgomery is going to pilot a very successful offense this year
2: Phil. I- Auburn not the only quarterback battle going on in the SEC. I think the most intriguing one is happening at Georgia right now. Uh, you got a couple of the, the two-year starter leaving back-to-back national championships, but you're bringing in a new quarterback. Who do you think is going to win that battle, and do you think the Dogs can three-peat?
1: Uh, I do think Georgia has a chance of 3-peating this year, and I believe it's going to be Carson Beck. In fact, uh, Carson Beck right now, I believe, is 18-1 to to win the Heisman. I think that's worth a wager, and here's why. Uh, when I looked at went uh, over Georgia's defense uh, last year, uh, the, there was concern about the experience level that they had at Georgia on defense. Remember, they lost like nine draft picks. Well, this year they only lost five. Draft picks off the defense. they're actually not the same concerns defensively. It is probably the best defense in the country. Look at them offensively, they got my number one rated offensive line, number four set of receivers. and last year it was pretty much Brock Bower's uh, as the main receiving threat, along with uh, McConkey. Well, those two are both back. They had in Rahra Thomas from Mississippi State, who was that team's leading receiver last year. They had in Dominic Lovett from Missouri, who was that team's leading receiver from last year. So, And uh, Arian Smith, I think, is a guy that can emerge. So I, I like the receiving core. The running backs are deep. And then it comes to the quarterback. Now, Carson Beck's been in the system for four years. So he knows the offense inside and out. He's got a great supporting cast. George is going to be a double digit favorite in their first 10 games this year. So he's got a lot of time to grow and learn. And by by the time that first real tough road test comes along, the first time they won't be a double-digit favorite, that's at Tennessee, he'll have 10 games under his belt. And let's face it, any first-year starting quarterback and with 10 games under his belt is no longer a first-year starting quarterback. They're a veteran.
0: We're talking to Phil Still of Phil Still Publications today on Sports Call, the most accurate magazine of the last 28 years. One more Auburn question for you before we have a couple more in the SEC. Uh, when we talk about this reshaped roster, other than the quarterback position, what would concern you most about this team?
1: Uh, I would have to say, let me take a look now and think about this for just one second. Uh, I'm going to say receivers need a little bit of work this year. Um, you know, there's no uh, proven guy that's done it here uh, I think that that's going to be one of the question marks would probably be receiver and when I look on the defensive side of the ball they do lose a a second round draft pick and a fifth round draft pick at linebacker Uh, but it's not a deep position I think the depth at linebacker would concern me especially after losing a couple of draft picks so I'm going to go with receiver on offense and linebacker depth on defense.
0: Looking at the whole league now, Phil. The SEC West. We already did some over under totals for the SEC a little bit earlier in the week, and uh, there was a hodgepodge of teams right around that six and a half number. And in the West Division in particular, teams three through seven seem to be uh, very close. How do you kind of sort through the Ole Misses, Arkansas, Texas A and M's of the world in the SEC West?
1: Yeah, and I'm going to surprise you a little bit with how I feel about Texas A&M. I actually put Texas A&M up there with Alabama and LSU. I think they're clearly in the mix in the West. So I like their over-under. I believe it's 7.5 this year, and here's why I like them. Uh, First of all, when you look at Texas A&M last year, they were number 124 on my experience chart. one of the least experienced teams in the country. And going over the team with Coach Fisher last year, uh, we'd get to the end of most positions, like the offensive line, and he would say, Phil, I feel our offensive line is going to be one of the best in the country next year and a lot of them ended up with next year. Well, it's next year and they are a much more experienced team. They're number 14 on my experience chart. That's a jump of 110 spots uh, and I wrote a couple blogs on philsteel.com about the experience check, uh, chart. It tells you how teams in the top 20 do, how teams that make that big of a jump. There, there is a difference record-wise and keep in mind last year they lost to Anais Smith, their top wide receiver, after four games. They used three different starting quarterbacks due to injury, suffered injuries on the defense and offensive line. Well, well, this year, 10 starters back on offense, 10 on defense. And last year, even in that 5-7 and seven season, they beat LSU 38-23, to 23, and they're at Alabama's two-yard line in Tuscaloosa on the road with the chance to win the game on the final play of the game. So they've, the talent level that Jimbo's been bringing in over the last five years recruiting-wise, uh, the fact they played with the big boys last year, I feel they are one of the big boys this year. I really like A&M over the 7.5. And, and then my number four spot in the West this year goes to Ole Miss, and when I look at Ole Miss, they're a team that got off to a great start last year, 7-0. And you could pretty much see that. In fact, I mentioned it in a magazine last year. This team could be 7-0. and But then it wasn't a great finish for them. But they got uneven quarterback play. I think the quarterback play will be much stronger this year. Jackson Dart was a vastly improved QB in the spring. They've got one of the best running backs in the country in Quishon Junkins. Uh, the offensive line looks solid. And unlike last year when they were number 118 in my experience, starting just loaded with transfers, they've got a lot of transfers transfers again this year but now they're number 27 on my experience chart so they don't have to rely as much on transfers but they they bring in a lot of talent and when you look at their schedule this year yeah i've got them a dog at alabama and at georgia i've got a couple of toss-up games like at auburn texas a&m at home but I, i feel this is a team that uh it will probably come on in that fourth spot in the west this year
2: and then, Phil, taking a look at your, your 2023 preseason All-SEC team, you go first team to fourth team, you've got four quarterbacks listed there, Jaden Daniels, K.J. Jefferson, Joe Milton, and Will Rogers. I know you mentioned and you talked very highly of Carson Beck a couple minutes ago. Is that a quarterback that you could see slipping into one of these top four quarterback positions, or is there somebody else on the SEC that you're looking at and say, this guy can make a jump this year?
1: Yeah, Carson Beck would probably be the guy that I would uh, pound the table for preseason. That's why I couldn't put him up there. He hasn't done anything yet uh, in college football. I'm anticipating he will. Uh, and then Connor Wegman also from uh, Texas A&M. I like the way he played at the end of last year as a freshman. I think he could really emerge. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Carson Beck is a clear-cut Heisman uh, contender at the end of the year because if you're the quarterback for the number one team in the country and putting up good stats like I think he will, you have that opportunity. But also keep your eyes on Carson Weg- uh, of Wegman, I should say, Connor Wegman of uh, Texas A&M. I think he's going to have a pretty good year this year.
0: Phil, the time has been greatly appreciated this afternoon. I know that uh, this magazine has been the bread and butter, so we want to plug where that is. But also we know that you do a lot of work throughout the season, so tell our listeners where they can find the magazine and what they can follow along with during the football season.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate that. And uh, unlike past years where you could pretty much get the magazine everywhere, Walmarts, grocery stores, uh, places like that, this year it's only available in two places, Barnes & Noble and Books-A-Million. So Barnes & Noble, Books-A-Million are your two exclusive stores. You can head out there today, 352 pages, three to four times the amount of information, any other magazine. And we give you a full page write-up on Akron or Sam Houston State, the same write-up we give you to Alabama or to Ohio State that's uh at Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. But if you go to the website, philsteel.com, you can order the magazine, and I'm going to charge you a shipping charge. It costs to mail things. But what I also do is I give you the digital version absolutely free. And when you get the uh, digital version, it's updated all the way through September. As an example, if you take a look at the uh, Northwestern page, it lists David Brown as the starting, or as the head coach at Northwestern, not Pat Fitzgerald. So it does give us that option. We circle players that are out for the year. That's at Philsteel.com. And one final thing i like to toss out at you is that the fcs magazine is available right now two full pages on every fcs team i think there's 117 fcs versus fbs games this year so if you'd like to check that out it's available right now at philsteel.com
0: i think brooks is absolutely going to have to find a way to to get that one i think he's very excited about it phil the time has been greatly appreciated we wish you well throughout this football season we look forward to talking to you again down the line
1: Hey, sounds great. A lot of fun talking football with you guys today.
0: Absolutely. That is Phil Steele joining us today on Sports Call.